Hey everyone, it's Tom Kradza, and on this episode of the Your Life, Your Term show, Nick and I sit down with Fabio Campanella. Fabio's been on a few times on this podcast now, but this time we're doing a specific deep dive into real estate and estate planning using life insurance. Very few people have his level of expertise in this area, and it comes from a lot of the financial planning he does in his practice, kind of wealth management practice. He knows life insurance, and he's able to marry these topics together better than anyone we've really met. And he's in his 40s, which is surprising, because most of the time when you meet someone who's really good at estate planning, they're kind of much older because they've dealt with their own clients who are then older and have gone through this. So to meet someone like Fabio Campanella and his financial planning practice at this age to have this level of experience and expertise is quite interesting to us. So this is a really requested topic. We're happy to bring this to you. And just to prepare you, we go through some detailed information. You're not gonna have some of the notes that we have in front of us as we discuss this. So do your best to stick with this. It is a lot of information. We go through it in detail. I get lost at one point just trying to figure out, I think it was the cash value of the life insurance policy at, at one moment. So it definitely takes a little while. It took Nick and, it's taken a, Nick and I, I think, years to get comfortable with some of the concepts that we're going to be sharing with you. So thank you to Fabio Campanella. He has a new practice um, and website called campanellagroup.com. That's the website for it to get his contact information. They're just setting it up now. That is campanellagroup.com. It'll be in the show notes of this particular episode episode if you need it. And if you are listening to this and thinking about getting started in real estate investing or growing your portfolio further, it's always best to understand the fundamentals, things like interest rates, supply of properties and demand, the population growth side of the equation. We've put together an updated population explosion report for 2022 that we just released. You can get a free copy of that at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash reports. So if you want to see immigration numbers, foreign student explosion numbers for the last five years, foreign students definitely have grown the population base here in this country. It's definitely underreported. Interprovincial migration, all of these things. You can get the latest copy of our population explosion report at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash reports. That's enough with this intro. Let's get on with the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. Okay, we are recording. Uh, but Nick, where are you running off to your buy? Is this where you're buying out your lease? No, I just got to drop it off or something. Oh, okay, got it. I was going to say your used car is going up in value every day as inflation just rips through the economy. See the, I, when I, used cars go up in value. There's a real problem. A problem. <laughs> oh, yeah. When, when a depreciating asset starts going up, like when it just kind of changes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, and I should let everyone know, I'm sure they know from the intro, but Fabio Campanella from the Campanella Group is here with us and... Uh, yeah, isn't that weird that used cars are going up in value? Used are they still? Cars. I think it changed. I don't know. Maybe, I it yeah, maybe it's calmed down. But every time I see a um, a like a a chip a chip shortage headline, I'm like, oh great, jackpot! Like it, it makes me happy. So because I have I have a new car coming, I still have the used car. I'm like, oh, this just works out for me. Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Some of the guys that Aiden lives with in London by Western, they camped out in front of a Best Buy. He was mentioning because I guess there were some ASIC chips going. They knew. Oh, wait, the he's in university. Yeah. Holy second, second, second year. year. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> 
Yeah. Sorry. No, no, you can swear. I, I want to keep it clean. Swearing your hair is too Oh, I'm allowed? Okay. Your, your hair on the side is too short. Oh, I can see the gray in the beard. So, yeah. It's oh, yeah, officially yeah. old. Yeah. Holy. Yeah, yeah, he's second year university, right? Oh, my God. Yeah. Dude, we're, yeah, we're, we're the we're old guys so now. Old. You're not old. I'm old. How old are you? I'm 44. I told you this last time. You're older than me? Oh, I'm going to see a young spring chicken here. I'm old. I'm f- uh, Mike and him used to work at uh, da- Dave, no, Buster's. Dave and Buster's off 400 and Highway 7. Remember that, Dave and Buster's? I thought that only opened a few years ago. <laughs> I, guess, I, I don't even realize how long that thing's been around. Decades ago. Not <laughs> really? years ago. Decades When that place opened. Ago. Yeah, it was, I was like all excited to go. I remember when that place opened. Yeah, was, we did like software sales events at that thing. Then we, did, we, did, we did Rockstar, we did Rockstar stuff, there. stuff there too, yeah. But Mike and I think you guys we used to work together there maybe? We used to work together. We we knew each other there. Then I knew him through the, like the club industry. That's right. Um, yeah, yeah. I was we had mutual friends. I've known him for decades. You mentioned decades. Yeah. Yeah. So funny that you guys crossed paths there, and now Mike is working with I don't know how many millions of dollars in real oh, estate. Dude. Fabio's yeah. managing millions of dollars. How many millions of dollars of people's lives? How? Just What's the world come? I mean, to? if you heads knew up, us everyone. back then, yeah, you, you up, would not guys, give me a penny. Yes, <laughs> heads up, everyone. These guys came from Dave and Buster's. Yeah, literally, Dave and Buster's bar. <laughs> serving we were alcohol. behind the bar at Dave and Buster's. Now we are managing portfolios of hundreds of millions of dollars. Jesus, um, what a life. It's what yeah. I like. But anyway, we're going to try and pull off the impossible here because we're going to talk about life insurance. And I, we're doing I, a PowerPoint presentation yeah, via, po- via podcast. Yeah, via podcast. <laughs> but uh, so, guess drop in, everyone. But uh, if for whatever reason, I like to think I can catch on to subjects rather quickly. Whenever we get into insurance and taxes, right. I don't know what it is. I just start losing it. So we'll see if we can break this down rather simply. But the idea here started with what insurance should people buy? How do they get ready for estate planning? And then you said there's a whole shitload of stuff they should consider. And I think you've mapped out a little bit of a scenario to kind of walk us through. Right. So what I'm going to try to do, um, uh, you know, for those people who don't know me, um, I've been on the show a couple times. Uh, I'm financial planner, accountant, tax specialist. What we're going to concentrate on today is financial estate planning. Okay, so um, I'll give you a scenario. All right, a lot of your clients are now amassing, and, and I know this for a fact. Because we're going to say now old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. They're, they're, yes, <laughs> for lack of a, a better term, they're getting older, and, and uh, you know, we have many, many, many mutual clients, and and I've helped a lot of your clients over the years, and you've helped a lot of my clients over the years. And what's happened is, you know, people are starting to push into their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and even beyond your your clients and you, the listeners of your podcast. What they've done is they've done everything right in life. They've um, been good with their money, and they've made smart investments. Particularly, they've made, um, which in my opinion, overall, one of the best investments is uh, real estate. But there comes a time where, you know, you're kind of done buying more properties. It's inevitable. And you're sort of managing what you have. All right. So the scenario that we're going to go over here is I've, I've tried my best to water it down as much as possible. Okay. So it's, it's based on an actual client scenario. I've cut out everything that's unnecessary and I've watered it down. All right. But the scenario we're going over here, let's call it the Smiths because I'm such a creative person. All right. (laughs) So we got the Smiths. All right. Essentially what you have is a middle-aged couple 
who have amassed some decent wealth. They don't see themselves as wealthy or rich, but when you look at it, they are one percenters. All right. And a lot of the people listening to this podcast um, may not think of them as one percenters, but they are one percenters. So what does that mean? Like, is that if you yeah, own your mind? Yeah, yeah. To you, it's, it's you own what a handful of four, four five, five, three, four, five properties. Right. You have some RSPs of, you know, over time, you've, have a, I don't know. If you're like in your forties, um, you, you, you could easily Google this, right? But if you're in your forties and being in the 1%, I look at it decade by decade, right? Cause if you look at it overall, okay, the 1% in Canada makes $250,000 a year. And that's the definition of 1% by revenue, but that's not necessarily where you are if you're in your twenties, right? Now you're in the 0.01%, right? But if you're in your fifties, probably, and, and, you know, it's, it, somebody's going to fact check this and whatever, that's but fine. <laughs> you know, it, the comment on we're, Twitter. Wrong. Probably, we're wrong a lot. We're yeah, wrong a lot. It's okay. You own your house in Toronto. You, you have maxed out RSPs, RPPs, which is very normal in your fifties. Um, you have three or four rental properties, uh, you know, and maybe a stock portfolio or some okay, Bitcoin. Yeah, so so you you're up there. So, yeah. You're you're up there. You're in the top five. So you have a variety, sure. a variety of assets. You've paid off your house, and yeah, you're in a yeah, really okay. good position. And you still got you still right? you still have strong income coming in. Usually, these people still a- anecdotally, yeah, anecdotally from what I've seen dealing with hundreds, maybe thousands, probably thousands of clients, they do. They okay. always have an income coming still in. Still coming in. Okay. Yeah. Nobody. Very few people who ha- have the means to retire at fifty actually retire at 50. Okay. So in this particular situation, um, you have the Smiths age 50. Let's just make them nice and even. Okay. They work high, high, high powered T4 jobs. Let's call it upper middle management. Okay. Three children, 22, 20, 18. And this is the key. They are all interested in real estate. Okay. If they're not interested in real estate, everything that, that comes after this, the kid kids are worthless. Unless the kids are worthless. No, no, no. Sorry. It's got to be that the kids are interested in real estate. Okay. Unless we're dealing with ultra high net worth families where we don't care what the kids are interested in. We're setting up a trust. Got it. Okay. okay. So this is kind of like a normal ish family. All right. The kids are interested in real estate. Um, they've accumulated, you know, wealth over time by making smart investments and being prudent with their money, being good with their money, okay? They want to pass their properties to their children after they they pass away. Because I think all three of us are in agreement. You got a good property, it's cash flowing, you can maintain it. Why on earth would you sell it? Don't sell assets, yes. Why on earth would you sell it? And you know, this, this thing now, as you get older, you start thinking about intergenerational wealth, right? So, you know, their financial plan, by the, by the time I was looking at their estate plan, their financial plan, their retirement plan, they're, they're secure. They're good. Okay. Bunch of RSPs, TFSAs. Um, they already had a, a sizable tax portfolio. They already have term life insurance. They already have disability insurance. And they're, they're good. They're good. Okay. So what is the issue? Okay, I'm not going to get into the small, minute details of the legal issues of passing properties on and, hey, we can avoid probate by putting this person in that person's name or an estate freeze, whatever it is. Okay, that's way too complicated for this. The issue, though, is the, the thing that people don't think about. Wait a second. When I die, am I going to have to pay tax? What do you think the answer is? Yes. Of course. Welcome to Canada. <laughs> Welcome to the world. 
So a um, little bit of basics of uh, estate taxation. We don't have a direct estate tax tax in Canada. Um, you know, in the in the states they do. Uh, they also have a gifting a gift tax. We don't have this. All right. We the only thing that we have that's similar to an estate direct estate tax would be a provincial um, a provincial type of tax. Uh, we call it probate right here in Ontario, or at least that's what we used to call it. And, you know, that's 1.5% of the um, value, the fair market value of the estate that is on your will that passes through probate, passes through the courts, okay? What we do have, though, is we have um, a mechanism within the Income Tax Act that deems the deceased to have disposed of all their assets at fair market value the moment before they die. Okay. Now, when you think of that, there, from you know, you we get all hate. pissed off. You, you, I always, yeah, you get you get pissed off. Yeah. I don't because I make money by helping yeah, people sure. avoid okay. this. Right, works for you. Yeah, for me, Negative it works fantastic. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. But the idea here is uh, the the policy. Whenever you have these tax rules, you should always go to what the policy is, and the policy of the government is: Hey, that's great that you've accumulated wealth. Congratulations, you've enjoyed it during your lifetime, right? But it's not fair to have wealth simply accumulate, have all these pregnant gains, capital gains, and you never pay tax generation after generation after generation. That's what that used to happen mm-hmm. way back in the day. And then what happens is you have people that were basically servants and then the yeah, land like a feudal system, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So they're saying, listen, they're at some point, we got to trigger tax. We're going to redistribute. Here's how we're doing it. Yeah. You have to pay the piper at some point. Okay. Um, so the deemed disposition of your assets at death, especially if you've accumulated assets for which there isn't an, uh, an annual tax, like let's say a GIC or a bond, right? Which I don't think any of your listeners are really no, interested hope, in buying. No. Um, Hopefully not. (laughs) If you're listening to this, please don't. (laughs) Other than that, you know, like a piece of real estate or or a stock, like like a you know stock of a bank or something like that, accumulates in value, and until you actually sell it or it is deemed to be disposed of, there's no taxable event, right? So the deemed disposition deems that you've disposed of your property. At fair market value minus the adjusted cost base, aka what you bought it for, the difference being the capital gain under current legislation, half of that is goes to your taxable income and you pay tax at your marginal rate. There you go. When I calculate this for people, okay, it, it, it actually blows their mind how much tax <laughs> they're projected to pay. Yeah, because well, yeah, I'm looking at the yeah, next sheet, I'm, sure. and I'm like, what the? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, are you going to map out an example here? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a bunch of words there for people to read. Who cares, right? So, in this particular... Skip the, yeah, skip, skip the words. Skip the words. Skip the words. Let's go to the numbers. Right. Let's, so go, let's to go to the, the numbers. In, in, in the this math. particular case, right, we have things that they want to pass on the client, okay? They don't... Nobody wants to inherit a stock portfolio. Nobody cares about that, okay? <laughs> nobody wants um, to inherit, you know, certain types of assets. What people want to inherit are, you know, high quality, difficult to, to get revenue generating assets, okay? Um, and why do, why, do you, why do you say that? Because a lot of people would be happy to invest a stock portfolio. Or you're yeah. just seeing... But nobody cares. I'd rather... If somebody but you said, don't care because they're I, just going to I'm going to give you a million dollars of stocks 
or a million dollars of cash. What do you want? Yeah, I take the cash first. Because I mean, you can buy stocks if you want, and you could buy real estate if you want, and you could buy other yeah, things if you yeah, want. Yeah, you, you skip the step of having to sell it, and you don't want stocks. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? But rental properties, people want those. Because it's like, hey, I've got these rental properties. There's already high-quality tenants in it. Even the next generation. And that's what I'm think? saying. And yeah, you, yeah. You've seen really? that from the class. Okay, so I've seen this a million times. Yeah, oh, and really? at the beginning, yeah. it's the kids who are interested in real estate. Okay. So then, obviously, right. it's yeah. yeah. Right. And I hear one of them is a family cottage. Then, and then there's the emotional sure, attachment. The, the family cottage. Sure. Yeah. Right. The memories. People want that. They, people like siblings, com- completely scrap over it. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's a whole other life insurance issue to be dealt with that we're not really going to cover here. Okay. So when you take this particular family, they've got five properties, five rental properties, right? You know, I put them all at $800,000 because let's say $800,000 is about the a single family home in, I don't know, Hamilton kind of area. Sure. Right. Bungalow. Right. I don't so, know. Maybe I haven't been paying attention for the last no, two months, so yeah. it might be a million so today's, bucks. I don't know. today's fair market value you're saying is eight hundred grand. Sure, that's yeah. they were, and, and then in this example, you have them purchased for between four hundred and fifty yeah. and six hundred and fifty, depending on the pro seven fifty. Yeah, they they accumulated the yeah. assets over a five year period. Yeah, and in your example, you have five rental properties and one family cottage and one family cottage. So a total of six properties, all purchased between four hundred and fifty and seven hundred fifty thousand. Today's market value of all of them, you're basically saying eight hundred thousand dollars. The family cottage nine fifty. You got it okay that's today yeah this this, yeah this this, is the scary part this This next next, column is where it gets interesting scary part what i've done what i usually do um and you know it's so hard to predict there's really very little guidance on it but when i do my projections for property in the gta which is 90 percent of my clients that's what they primarily have okay i compound a return of four percent a year it's probably going to be higher than that, all right? But if you compound a 4% return on investment Jeez. on these particular properties, and remember, the beautiful thing about real estate is you whether there's mortgages on this or not, you're compounding on the fair market value, not on the net of the mortgage, okay? When I compound a 4%, these properties are going to be worth about you know, $3.8 million to $4.5 million each by, if, the, age by the age of 90. So the eight hundred, wow. just for, for people listening, so the eight hundred thousand fair market value, this couple's fifty. So you're compounding at four percent over forty, 40 years. years. So if the if the couple lives till ninety, then based on that at that rate, yeah, then each one's all worth three point eight four, and the cottage, the cottage is worth four point five, and that's at four percent. You realize at like six percent. This number is completely blown mm-hmm. out of the water. Completely blown out of the water. It's not even. It's we're not even in the same reality here. at six percent. I'm going to, ha- you know, just to let you know, at 6%, yeah, guess I'm going to have trouble getting these guys insurance because it's such to a cover big that, number. Right? Which is fine because there's always the component of we could do an estate freeze in their 70s, right? Um, w- which is an, a topic for another sure. podcast. We could... Um, Fab's just inviting himself back. Yeah, yeah I know. I see that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's already booked. It in the <laughs> it's already booked. Yeah. We could do an estate freeze. There's other techniques. It doesn't all have to be covered with insurance, right? But when you come down the calculation, and I'm sure that if people are really interested, they can download this, right? Sure. And I'm sure that we'll give out your contacts. Yeah. yeah we'll be yeah. able to find it. Yeah. 
we're looking at under current tax legislation, if they get capital gains treatment, which under current tax legislation, this scenario would get capital gains, okay? They would be owing about $5.4, $5.3 million. And I just want to walk everyone through that because 50% of the whole portfolio would be the total projected taxable capital gain at 50% is 9.4% million dollars that's half the game yeah that's half the yes. game because what what no one thinks about when you buy the property is if you go 40 years from now and each one of these is worth 3.8 on uh, the capital gain up, like on n- each pro each of the rental properties in this example is three million yes so then when you add that up at the end of life it's a big number yeah at the end of life all yeah. of a sudden so if you hold these things really long term then there's a big tax amount owing because you and you don't you like i've never thought about this stuff yeah with the problem, I mean, I have some properties that I bought 20 years ago already. Yes. And just the growth in that, I'm like, oh, wow. Right. This, so this portfolio really has a gain of $18 million is what we're saying. Yeah. Right. And they owe tax against $9.4 million at a tax rate of 53%. That's working out. You have that's a today's bit, rate, so that'll go to 93 by, Yeah, by Yeah, but let's stick with 53 <laughs> Then, uh, Fab, that's what you're saying. The pro- total projected taxes at the second death, so I guess it's the last to die. That's how this Correct. works out Correct. of the couple. Yes. Assuming they own them together is $5.392 million. Under current legislation. Under current. There are a lot of rumors that the capital gains inclusion rate may go up. Yeah, we can all see it coming. No, minority government, it's not going up yet. Yeah, so I know, but in our lifetime, it's going up. If it goes up to 75%, which is possible, then we're looking at... um, Taxes at second death of just under, just shy of eight. Million. I didn't realize this episode was going to be a horror show, Fab. Yes, but, it, okay. it, it's sorry. It doesn't okay, matter. Like, yeah. you know what? No, I know. I'll weird. let my family deal with yeah. it, man. I'm gone. I'm and, gone. Hey, so now that's. Hey, we did pretty good. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> See I'm ya. at the gates of heaven with God, you baby. You take a yeah. video at your funeral and you just play it. Hey, I would just like to let you in on a little secret. You owe some taxes on my estate and everyone here is fucked. Well, generally, generally speaking, that's Cheers. what happens. Yeah, oh, really? Yeah. It, they play a video at the funeral? They play a video and, you know, it's all it, laughing. It's and, laughing. And CRA, and it's like, <laughs> CRA's everyone's high fiving yeah. each other. Yeah. And, and I've yeah. called CRA. They're cu- walking in the yeah. back of the room right now. Yeah, they're with their like they're with their like uh, you know like a church. They have the basket ready yeah. for the money, right? <laughs> we take Visa, Mastercard, blood, whatever you oh want. God. Your firstborn son, oh, right? So ultimately, that's the tax owing. When someone pa- when someone with this kind of wealth passes away. You know, obviously, it's not just the assets that they want to leave. They're going to have cash. They're going to have stocks. They're going to have, um, you know, buy, usually people don't have a house left because they move into uh, long-term care. There's going to be something left. We projected about $2 million left, okay? So if there was $2 million left, they're obviously going to use that to pay the tax. There's going to be $3.4 to $5.9 million of tax payable. The question comes, right? The first question is, how are we going to pay that? That's Jeez. number one. The second question is, there's three kids. What if two of them don't want the family cottage, one wants it? How do we equalize the estate? That we're not, well, if we have time, we'll cover that. I, that. What a complete okay? mess. It's yeah. a complete mess. Oh, and and it takes a long time to get this to get this sure, going. If everyone gets along, there's a simple answer, I guess, is that you just offload one of the properties, it pays for the majority of it, and then you're, you're covered. Like, does that ever, we see that, that must I've, happen sometimes too. It happens too. all the time. But then if you have five, if there's five, six kids or total yeah. siblings and oh, all grandchildren. One, I don't want to sell it. Don't want to sell, everybody needs to get one. Then, yeah. What, We're not selling ours, What you most often happens is there's an, there's an odd number of kids and even number of properties. 
there's properties that one kid wants more than the other, the family cottage. It's like, I only want to go once a year. I want to live there three months of the year, blah, 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 whatever it is. So you need to take care of, this is the other part of estate planning, which is will planning and speaking with your, your, your beneficiaries. We're not going to cover that, but in, in a situation like this, you have a couple different choices. All right. You can sell a property. But once again, the kids yeah, maybe you don't, don't want, want to. to sell a property. Yeah, it's a, oh yeah, they're interested in real estate, and it's a good asset. You don't it's want to a give good it up. That'd be a bad market. Maybe yep. it takes forever to sell. Exactly. I'd you even lose be, money. Yeah. You lose Plus, money. personally, I'd be happier if they kept it. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be like, good for them. They kept the asset. Yeah. Smart move. You know, you could sell the asset. You could refinance the asset. It's not as easy to as people think because you no, know, people have to yeah. put personal guarantees, and one person doesn't have good credit, the other person has credit, creates fighting, blah blah blah. The other solution is you can finance you can finance the tax bill in some form right now. Okay? So, in this particular case, what we have is uh, you know, we divided we devised a strategy and and this is a really watered down version of what actually sure happened. sure but I think it's going to paint a nice picture for us. Okay. So, in this particular case, what we used is a whole life a permanent whole life policy. So for the listeners who have very rudimentary knowledge of insurance, life insurance, or zero knowledge of life insurance, I'll give them the, you know, the way that I explained it to my nine-year-old. Okay. Thanks for thinking so highly of our audience there. But no yeah, problem. we appreciate it. But actually, I want that explanation for All myself. Right. So keep going. <laughs> so what is life in, what is life insurance? Life insurance is simply an insurance at, at its core. There is an insurable interest in an asset or a risk. And in the case of life insurance, the asset or the risk is your risk of dying. Okay. And there is um, a 100% chance that you are going to achieve that risk of dying. We just don't know when. Okay. So what you do is you say, okay, look, how are we going to cover this risk? You can self-insure by saving your own money, right? not the best strategy, or you can pool your money together with a bunch of other people then have these smart people called actuaries calculate the risk of this, how many people in this pool are going to die every single year. Let the insurance company invest for the spread between when you pay the premium and when you collect on the premium, when you die, and then you're going to have a low you're going to have a higher chance of getting the amount you want with with a without having to save a lot at the beginning you're getting okay. a lower you're basically getting for a lower cost you're getting what you need right right and you're covering the risk of dying early okay so what we did here was we purchased a participating whole life policy which differs from the life insurance that most people know okay so there's two types of life insurance all right broadly speaking there's going to be term life and there's going to be uh permanent life term life think of it as um an auto lease you are leasing that auto you're paying a monthly payment and as long as you make that monthly payment you are free to, to drive that car, but you don't own it. You got to give it back at the end of the term or you got to renew, renew the lease. Okay. Permanent life insurance policy is I'm going to buy the car. You buy the car. It's yours. You can theoretically drive it forever. If it lasts forever, it's your asset. Okay. So that's the same between term life insurance and permanent life insurance. Term life insurance is something 
that is predict- that is used to cover the risk of dying early and leaving beneficiaries in a bad position financially. Permanent life insurance is something that is originally was used specifically to cover an uh, uh, a cost that you knew was going to arise at death. What do we have here? We have uh, a cost that we know is going to arise at death at the second death, which is tax. Okay. So what we did was we got into this particular um, policy and what we did, we did it as a joint life policy, meaning that there were two uh, individuals insured under one policy. So you get a better rate that way? Yes. If it's joint last to die? If it's joint last to die, statistically speaking, you you get a better rate. You, you get a rate of a younger person. In this case, they got the rate of a 43-year-old rather oh, than 50-year-old. Okay. Okay. Because what's the actual chance of both of them dying at the same time or got both it. of them dying early? It's it's much lower. It's it's the the equivalent risk of a 43-year-old individual got it. dying. Got it. Okay? So we dropped the rate by doing a joint last to die policy. It was a permanent participating life insurance policy. And I'll get to that, what that is in a, in a bit so that we know we're going to get it as long as they make their premium payments. Okay. Then what we had to do, like, this is an expensive policy. This policy was $50,000 a year. Okay. And Jesus fab. We, Can you get them a VIP discount or what? No. No, that's I did. That, that's because oh, I got oh, them the sorry. 43 oh, the year 43. old. Okay. You structured it. Yeah. Yeah. That was the VIP discount. Okay. Right. Okay. So in this particular, well, I mean, it's, it's expensive, but for this type of planning, it's actually not and expensive. And this type of, yeah, this type of family can afford that amount. Well, yeah. I'm going to show you the, the technique that we used. Oh, right? sorry. We haven't even got to the juicy no. part yet. Yeah. Okay. We haven't got to the juicy part. Okay. So they have something to do with that 50000 dollars right they 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 still like stocks this this particular family still likes stocks right so they're like okay but they still wanted a, a stock portfolio so they had something to do with that they didn't want to just pop it into the life insurance policy and just let it go sure okay so what we did is rather than funding the policy through cash savings alone okay we devised a um a pol- we devised a strategy whereby we utilize the cash surrender value as collateral for an annual loan like a, like an accreting annual loan that increases every single year based on the increase in the cash surrender value. And I'll explain all of this, sure. how, how it works. And this allowed them to reinvest the annual premium back into their stock portfolio. Okay. So they had the life insurance coming and they had the stock portfolio continue, continuing to grow. Because they were using the life insurance as collateral Correct. for a new loan. Yes. And the bank was okay. Whoever's funding that loan is okay with it because if they don't pay, they're the beneficiaries on yeah. that life insurance policy. They know they're going to get their loan repaid through that right. policy. Right. But the advantage to the couple is they're getting access to money mm-hmm. that they would have just paid for in these life insurance premiums and yep. it was gone. Yep. But instead of that, through this, they're getting it back to them so they can use the money today and have the life insurance policy. Yes. So the life insurance policy, the whole life policy, you can think of it almost as a, uh, uh, really, um, there, there are hybrid policies, universal life policies. I don't really deal with them because I'm more tax planning more so than pure speculative investing, but uh, a whole life policy has the death benefit component and it has the cash component Mm -hmm. under current legislation. I believe you can go, um, at a certain point, something like 80, 90% of the premium can go to the cash value 
of the policy. All right. That that's it used to be way better than that, but then I think it was 2017 is when they changed the legislation because it was way too good, right? So what happens is you'll see you put pay 50 grand in, and when you start when you look at the um the schedule that I have, a component disappears. And you're never gonna get that back until you die. Okay. But then another component goes to the cash value. That's an actual portfolio run that you you partially own run by the insurance company's management board okay and you actually own that money you own that cash value it's yours you can post it as collateral for a loan you can cash it out um you know you what can- would be the difference between posting that portion as a loan versus cashing it out isn't that exactly the same? Thing? No, no, it's actually quite different. Okay. Okay. So when you think of it like this, I have money in the bank. Okay. All right. And this um, money in the bank is paying a dividend of 6% a year. Okay. Which in, in the policy that we got them, that's the current dividend, 6% a year. Okay. And uh, cashing it out means oh, I'll cash it, it out yeah. and I don't you're get losing, that 6%. You're losing the asset. Yeah, yeah, got it. But I can go... And, and borrow I, and borrow against yeah. it and yeah. pay okay. in their particular case they were able to achieve um prime plus 100 basis points right so uh prime plus one percent three point so great four five percent right, yeah. right yeah. now yes. about okay so the spread is beneficial to them borrow against it okay so you're building up the cash surrender value you're borrowing against it and it's automatically in the the way that we did it is um we have a product um there was a product available whereby uh if you're securing against a csv a cash surrender value csv of a life insurance I policy of an excel spreadsheet when he said that if you're yeah. securing it against an excel spreadsheet <laughs> sorry go ahead. yeah the the minimal underwriting a credit check and and uh i don't know a couple signed papers and they'll give you 75 percent Okay. Okay. Are you talking in past tense when you say that product? No, it's still, it's still available. Okay. Yeah. If you want to go up to 90% or more, uh, if you want to go up to 90%, generally we take you to the, to the, uh, private, uh, banking divisions of let's say like TD or RBC or something like that. Cause, um, it's more underwriting. You've got to give, you know, financial statements and, sure. uh, annual tax returns and whatnot. So, okay. So then in this illustration to give some actual numbers to people, so they have an understanding is you, yeah. you were taking the $50,000 premium which in most of these things is in most of these illustrations is kind of over 20 years, right? So, it's 50, yeah. but, but let, we'll look at the first, you know, four or five, let's say five years. So it's $50,000 yeah. over each, every five years. Um, first year that the, the loan that you can borrow against is pretty negligible because it's it, because of the percentages. This, this particular loan product will not kick in until year two. Okay, perfect. So, okay. so we, that's why there's a zero here. So then after the second year, you've, you've contributed a hundred thousand, but then taking out a $40,000 loan Correct. after the third year, you're 120 in, you've taken out 80 after yep. the fourth year, you're 160 in, you've taken out 120 yep. and five years in you've get, you've contributed 250 grand, but, um, your a hundred and you've, your loan that you've taken back out is 160. Correct. So, yep. so and that goes into a stock portfolio and then you use that to offset yeah yeah okay because the interest rate the interest rate on the loan is uh, in this example you're saying was about three and a half percent so anything above and beyond that is then you're getting kind of the best of both worlds you got your insurance yeah you're getting the death benefit which is a separate thing altogether the loan doesn't impact that correct Right. So now what, what uh, I'll read out the assumptions. All right. It's so mom and dad, age 50, non-smokers, good health, joint last to die policy. It's a premium option is 20 pay, but you could do a 10 pay. There's also products that allow you to do an eight pay. And there's the product that I use most is a life pay. 
How, how did those all work? So if I do, is it yeah. the same amount spread over 10 payments or, tw- or, or eight payments? Like, so in this example, it's 50 grand a year over 20 years. So yep. that's a million bucks. If you spread it, is it, does it just change 10 payments of a hundred grand? That's the way it changes. It would be a similar, yeah, it would be a similar, it would achieve something similar. Okay. 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 But it depends on what is needed. So let's say a 10 pay or like, there's another product that I can't remember which, um, uh, insurer offers it. It's like eight eight years. The ten pay or whatever those types of of premiums, uh, I utilize those more for. Okay, we have this pot of cash that we are never going to use. What do we do with it? Okay, I want to accelerate. Stuff it into. I want ex- exactly. I want to. I want to accelerate the payment into the policy as fast as possible. That's not the case here. They have excess cash coming in. They they after they max out on their RSPs and this that and the other and they're like, what do I do with the this remaining two hundred thousand dollars a year? Like, you know what I mean? So in Does this buy particular, any Bitcoin, Tom, yeah, tell these guys buy to buy Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah. Well, first, that's what first thing going through my head. Okay. Yeah. first thing going yeah. through my head. I'm like, so, yeah, I get to borrow out. I'll buy Bitcoin. Yeah. So now the the thing here is they do like that kind of stuff. Bitcoin stocks, this that. They like playing with the their the money. They do their own. They do their yeah, own buying trading. Bitcoin is not playing. Okay. You know, <laughs> I'm joking. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> so, but what they do want is they want to have a predictable end game. Okay. And the beautiful thing about this, um, so once again, we, we, we predicted that they're going to die at 90. Um, you know, we're going to, uh, because of the way we structured it, they're actually going to be able to deduct the interest on the, on the, um, Inter- on, the on the loan, and they're going to d- be able to deduct the NCPI, the net cost of pure insurance, which is going to be a, a calculation because the ins- the insurance is used uh, as security against a loan. Okay, it. so it's actually quite tax efficient like that. All right, the other tax efficiency is that you see the cash surrender value column. All right, that's currently paying six percent. All right, uh, and it's very steady. Right next year, it might pay five and a half. The year after that, it might be six and a half. Whatever it, it kind of goes with uh, rates. Right, that's paying six percent because we set it to paid up premiums. That six percent comes, and they're not cashing it. It goes to buy more life insurance, tax free. So they're not paying tax on that six percent. Mm-hmm. Awesome. They're writing off the three point four five percent per year. They're writing off the net cost of pure insurance every single year. Okay, and the death benefit comes tax-free. Okay, so they're kind of like, for lack of a better term, sucking and blowing, right? We, so, the, we go, <laughs> so the different, yeah, we got, very technical term. Yeah, very yeah. But, uh, okay, you can talk about this because I want to take a, a little bit of a, a, a Yeah, side. so just the difference between anyone listening when they hear, you know, there's this whole policy, if you sum it up, the total loan balance that they'd be able to take over the whole policy is, adds up to like $1.2 million. The death benefit is $4.6 million. The total cash surrender value is three point eight. So what's the difference between the total cash surrender value of three point eight and the death benefit of four point six? Like why are those two different numbers? The death benefit and the cash value? Yes. Okay. The reason the reason being is eventually eventually they kind of catch up to each other, right? But if you look here at the beginning, right, there's a death benefit component at the beginning. So start at the beginning. Yep. Okay. You have thirty one thousand dollars of cash value in year one. million of death Death benefit. benefit. Okay. The death benefit, I want you to extract the two from each other. So you have that death benefit from day one. From day one, you've got that death. If they die in a car accident, 
they are immediate they are immediately getting 1.36 million got it okay then eventually what happens is the csv grows and grows and grows and grows and grows and starts catching up over time so the death benefit the roi on the death benefit drops the roi on the csv increases I guess we're confused and Nick, I shouldn't be confused on this because I think we have a policy like this, but <laughs> it just shows you where I'm at. If, if, if it's a last to buy die policy and both people pass away, yeah. the estate is getting 4.6 million on the death benefit. Let's assume there was no yeah. loan or anything like that's what they're getting. Correct? No. They're getting the cash value. It's, remember it's no, they're getting the, they're getting the death benefit okay. minus the loan. Sorry, but I'm saying assuming there's no loan. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, assuming yeah. there's no loan, the they're death, getting the full but you four see the, point. The death benefit grows because the CSV grows, yeah, and you're it. and you're buying and the dividends are buying more more insurance. How do I take advantage of the CSV, the cash surrender value? What does that mean you to me? You cash it in. You cancel the policy. You, you can, take the money. You can okay, cash so that's that has nothing to do with the the I, end of the. Death I think I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. it's you not can, like at the end you're getting both. You're, yeah, you're getting both, but the death benefit, you know, the death benefit has that as a component of it, right? So you see the death benefit here. If this was a term to 100 policy where there was no cash value, it would just be death benefit and it would be flat. Correct. But it accretes because you keep building up a CSV and you keep buying paid up additions yeah, no, but because let's the just CSV talk, let's pays, make- pays a dividend. Do you get what I'm saying? I think so. It's just at the end of this policy, I don't understand why I see the total cash surrender value or the CSV of $3.8 million. Well, because you have that pot that belongs to you in the participating account, right? Okay. So at the end of this thing, I'm and then And then the death benefit, think of it as the combination of that and whatever additional death benefit there is. Okay. So that's the death benefit. Insurance. That's your that's your money from your investments, plus a little bit of actual insurance. Yeah, got it. Okay. So there's no. Is that right? Pretty much. Because essentially, yeah. so essentially, there's a check written to the estate. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is a check written to the estate, assuming there's no loan, for the higher for the death benefit number. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, got it. Exactly. Yeah. Now the but thing the that C- you are. I was look- just wondering if I get access to this. So my estate gets access. Intervivos. Intervivos. During your during your life. What? During your life. Yeah. Okay. The t- the you get intervivos is during your life. Yeah. You get access. He's so far beyond yeah, us. Yeah. I don't know how you went to Dave and Buster's and then got to inter. What is it? Inter. Is it, what did you say? I think that's how you pronounce it in Latin. No. Say right? it again. Though. Intervivos. Really intervivos. Okay. I don't know. What, so the total cash surrender value is the money you have access, access to in your life. in the policy while you're alive. While you're alive. Now there are ways to access. Now I'm clear. To so theoretically it, access. So that grew the up to three point eight million dollars yeah. towards the end of this thing. Yeah. Now you you can theoretically access some of the death benefit during your lifetime if you're terminally ill. Well, I'm going to go there. But in that, but this example, it's like, I, that's the access to the cash. I have 3.8. But if I was, to, if it's both people are to pass away, the actual death benefit is not 3.8. The it's death 4. benefit 6. is 4.6. At age nine. Now I'm very clear. Okay. Thank you. So this, this, the kind of side track that I just want to take for a second is, is what always interests me this is and it's the conversation we had when we were looking at ours as well and now we're seeing it kind of play out I'd be interested to go back and look at any scenarios when these types of things were in place 
in an environment with very, very low interest. Because right now, our illustrations, and we're, what, five years into ours? Right, And sure. the illustrations aren't, aren't keeping up at all. Like, they're way behind. Because cause the, the returns that the, the life insurance companies have been getting these past few years with their investment portfolio are far below what they were expected to be. Well, so, I, we have, we have, I have every, I, it's just the, the ones, other one. It's just the ones we were given, you know, we were given before. No, and no the other illustration. But, from oh, the oh, other, got that it, got other it. more complicated one. So, but, but hold on. So then I'm just curious. No, Fab's got the rebuttal already. No, no, no but I'm just You're curious. Done. In You're a done, low Nick. interest rate environment and a high inflation, low yes. interest rate, high inflation, what, you know, and we don't have, we, there is no rebuttal because yeah, there's no answer. And, and no, like, no, I'm just no curious, answer. I'm yeah. just curious where, how this yeah, looks inflation in 20, 30 years. Right. What, you want to see here is that you guys I, i'm not sure i've never looked at your policy so i don't know what they are i don't know if they're universal or apparently i've never looked at yeah. our policy either <laughs> yeah i, I don't looked. i don't know, know what they do yeah i don't know what what it's kind a of big policy. booklet with a yeah. lot of tables in it if it's a universal life policy no, i'm pretty sure those are old. those are harder to predict we would have never got a universal no, it's, yeah. it's, it seemed the, the, the yeah. table they gave us seemed Was something like very this. definitive okay. <laughs> yes so let's say i don't know what who's who sold you the product but let's say you if you look here and i'll show you this to you these are the dividend yields historically from 2005 to 2021 yeah, see, this is what's interesting. So, so we're with ours is with Canada Life. Yes. So, and what's interesting from 2005 to to, to 2021, it's yes. gone from seven four six consistently yep. dropping all the way down to five point one now. Right. So you see so a consistent consistent drop in yeah. prime. So, what on right. your illustration? What yield did you use? Uh, in this one, I believe we used uh, Sun Life. Oh, okay. Okay. Current 2020. Because yeah. that's 6%. what's interesting. Because if okay. that keeps yeah. falling during the thing, and I guess at the end of the day, like it, it will make an impact. Because especially compounded, like if we, you know, the total cash flow gets all the way up to, right. or the, you know, the it's the it, compounding that kind of saves you. It, well, it, well, it saves that you, and but it's it, also it'll make a big difference. That one a one percent difference in yield compounded over all those years yes, also sure. makes a big difference. And, right? and the the thing that you have to un- that that we all have to understand is the way this is a heavily rate regulated industry. They can't just go and invest in whatever they want, right? They have to time um, fixed income type investments sure. to a death. So they're kind of buying and holding to maturity. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. That's why you get us. Can you imagine being in their shoes right now? Right now. No, no, but it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. No, I, I yeah, get it. Yeah, I get it doesn't it. matter. Because if you, you hold to maturity, you get the return that you set mm-hmm. out to get. Yeah, but if they're buying bonds right now, the return is negative. Be, the return is negative on, on uh, what do you call it? On uh, short term. On short term. But if you're buying to maturity, they're planning. Yeah, they're They're planning the, ahead. But they're not just buying bonds. Sure. They're also doing infrastructure loans, which are going to be at, hey, we're going to do this 30-year infrastructure loan to a government, and it's going to be on a floating rate of prime plus three. Yeah, got it. So, okay, prime goes up, and that drops drops bonds, uh, that drops bond prices, doesn't... They have a floating, essentially yeah. a floating rate. Can you believe rate the bond, mathematicians right? that work in these places? But they also have real what estate. Horrible. You, you know that these guys have real estate. Sure. Yeah, they I know. Real, they're all heavily weighted on real estate. Heavily weighted on real estate. They yeah. also have stocks. Yeah. And the beautiful thing about the way that they're allowed to um, credit the the accounts and the reason it's smooth is they have these in, this institutional smoothing. So let's say stocks do 20% in a year. Mm-hmm. And they have a really good year. They can say, okay, like, all right, we did we did really well this year. We're gonna bank some of that and save it for later. And we're only gonna credit the the dividend six percent this oh, year. Oh, got it. Okay. So that they that's make it super helpful. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. know they did that. Yeah, so they make it smooth, and this is why. So if I kill it on Tesla, yeah. they can just 
they can yeah. park they, some of those and when games. They suck another yeah. year. They can yeah. put, exactly. They can and, when, back and, and what that does is it, it gives us what we're trying to achieve. We're not looking for a six percent return yeah. on investment tax free to a family like this is something like a thirteen percent return on investment pre-tax. That's good. You're you, almost keeping up with with the, the yeah. monetary growth. You're only two percent behind. Yeah. Yeah. You would have to go to like <laughs> second and third mortgage, no, no, private no, no, mortgage. No, no, no. We get it. It's excellent. Yeah. You know, so it's really something it's, we need it predictable. So even if it drops yeah, a percent. This serves its purpose. For, it serves its yeah. purpose. And you're not putting all your money into this. So anyways, ultimately the tax play here is you're getting a policy dividend every single year tax-free. You're writing off your interest. You're writing off net cost of pure insurance. You're reinvesting in a portfolio that can be um, structured to be very tax efficient. Okay. You're covering your need for money at death and the death benefit comes tax-free. Okay. This gets, uh, and when I have an alternative um, balance, uh, uh, like a balance, you know, kind of like a really, you know, 60, 40, whatever portfolio on the side. So really they're investing, you know, 50 grand in year one, and then 10 grand every single year after that. If you were to do that in a balanced portfolio, you end up, I don't, it's cut off here, but you end up with an abysmal amount. Yeah. Got it. I can scroll up so you can see the number here on the screen. Oh, yeah. it's probably too small. No, like 620, 12, 600 grand versus the estate value that we calculate is 3.4 million. Okay. And I guess just looking at this and, and, and having you kind of talk about being able to borrow against it, even if you don't think you can afford the 50 grand a year to do it, this couple, as long as they get through year one and they're borrowing back 40, they could almost do it on their credit line. I'm not, I'm you not could, you could, that's a different strategy though. That's more of like, um, a strategy we use, uh, for like a corporation. Okay, so you've kind done of like, this kind yeah, of stuff. For an IFA. So let's say you have a, because a, 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 a corporate or corporate uh, insurance is, is a different ball game, more, way more complicated, but way more beneficial, like crazy beneficial. The see how excited okay. he's getting right now? Yeah. Just go into our accounting <laughs> office right now and start looking through all the files, see what you can do. Yeah. Fab's going to come out of there and say, guys, I just yeah. saved you. I just saved you all this money and I made you this and here's my yeah. bill. Yeah. Here's yeah. my invoice. And I, here's an insurance policy so for a hundred million. In a corporation, yeah, yeah. in a corporation, um, you could do something called an IFA or an immediate financing arrangement or something, okay. right? Where you like immediately start borrowing immediate and you could borrow uh, uh, theoretically you and, and i've seen it you could pretty much borrow a hundred percent because the reg it's regulated differently because it's inside a corporation no, because the banks are more willing to give it to you because the way that it works is you've got a corporation with assets and you can post the assets as collateral oh, it could be a piece it. of real estate got or, it. So they're willing or to cash and bank or whatever it is they're like we're just going to lo loan you the whole freaking thing and you have a need for insurance for whatever reason. It could be that, you know, you your children need, you have a disabled child and you need that sure. death benefit yeah. um, or that you know you're going to accumulate a lot of assets in your corporation and you want to pass that corporation on to the kids. So therefore, you're going to have to pay the tax somehow, right? So you have this need for insurance or even, hey, look, you're young, healthy, right now it's cheap. and it's cheap so let's do a massive policy 250 grand a year okay and we're gonna have the bank finance it for the first five years 10 years because you still need the money in operations then when you don't need the money in operations you turn off the bank loan and we can structure it such that you can do up to like about you know six seven hundred thousand dollars a year and just shelter 
the money after that. Are the people that come to you for that, because Nick and I have never been exposed to this kind of stuff because Mm -hmm. we didn't grow up maybe in a family that had a corporation that was successful enough to have these conversations. I guess, is this families who've just had a corporation through a few generations or something? Because I mean, Nick, would you ever think to come to Fab with this type of question? I would never even think to come to him with this stuff. No, I mean, look, when we... Now I'm thinking, up, geez, don't let him out of the office. Lock him, lock well, him in the Well, I remember room. early some of the finance books I read, like, like really when I was like 20, 19, 20, 21, like I remember reading just, you know, it was just generic kind of finance stuff about different ways to, to make money. And I always remember reading about life insurance, but I got to be honest with you, at that time I didn't think oh, anything of it because you're in your 20s, you don't, you're invincible anyways at that point because you don't think yeah, about yeah. that. And I didn't even, like, I just didn't understand. Outside of the term life, I get it. I pay yeah, this yeah. much and if I die, I get that. But this whole thing was always, anything that's this I always looked at it as a ripoff because I'm like, the term life is cheaper. I'll make more money with the difference myself. Forget paying extra money. I'll right. go with the cheaper term life Compounded solution. tax deferred growth is, is, is tough to battle. Is, you know, yeah. the, the, the yeah. upside yeah. there. And yeah. we're not looking at crazy returns on investment here. Nobody's sitting yeah, here promising crazy. No, but it, but it's, you, it's a predictable Yes. It's a predictable the thing. The thing is, if you can, so if you can access the loan amount, that's, that's good. But so that's the upside. You get the insurance and you're, we're talking about this for a very specific purpose. Remember yeah. to cover the taxes to the estate. The only thing is you do need the income because you do, are you making payments while you were borrowing $40,000 every year? Yeah. But in this particular case, you make the payment for the interest and then you reborrow the net after tax interest and tag it onto the loan. So what do you, so okay. explain that to me a little bit. Cause you only pay once a year, the interest. Yeah. So no, no, no. So in this particular facility, I think, I think it's, um, Oh, I can't remember how it was structured, if it was once a year or if it was throughout but the, the year. But the interest would come off. But the, the interest comes off and you can reborrow the interest. Okay. So now if you want to reborrow the interest. Oh, so your loan's 40 grand, but you're not getting 40 grand. You're getting 40 grand minus what the interest would be. No, they just tag it on. So if you look at the math, the interest comes off. The, the interest total comes value off. Of it's the like policy, you know. Okay. Oh, I got you. I got you. So in a, in this particular situation, I can't remember because I did not work on the financial part. I kind of I'm I was hands off on that on on the financing part. But what you can do in this particular situation is, if you want to write off the interest, you have to follow the income tax act's rules, right? And and that states some of the rules that are very important. State that a the interest must be paid. You have to pay the interest. It cannot just be accrued back on. It cannot be accrued Got interest. It. Okay. So and it, the the money must go towards something that has a potential to pay you mm-hmm. uh, a return on investment that is taxable. Oh, jeez. Okay. So For it was all like structured. Me, you know, I don't want to get too too complicated on it. But in this in this particular case, they are reborrowing the net after tax cost of interest, which would be whatever it is, forty seven percent. Okay. okay. So just to, to kind of go back to our story here with this couple, they owed tax of, I think we were saying somewhere in the range of $3.392 yes. million. Dollars. Yeah. Now they got this life insurance policy. They could, uh, the death benefit was 4.6. Um, minus they, the loan minus and the, the loan. accrued interest that we put back onto the loan. Yeah. So the net value then is... At the end, you go to net estate value. If they both die at age 90, 3.4. I got them to the lower end of the range, okay? I got them to the lower end of the range. Why did I get them to the lower end of the range? I don't care to get them to the high end of the range, all right? 
realistically, that's enough. If they have to pay a little bit of tax, we can refinance. From what you've seen, that's yeah. okay. But in this thing, they had now the life insurance policy. They were able to borrow a bunch against it. So yep. they were able to get some money from it and live yes. and enjoy some of it. Yes. That was the loan component of Correct. it. And then the afterwards, the net amount is enough to carry or, or to cover yep. the estate or the probate. What are we calling it? The probate, probate tax. And, and, no, no. The probate tax and the income tax. Sorry, the probate tax and the income tax. Yes. Because everything was deemed to be sold at Correct. fair market value the Correct. moment they passed away or the moment before they passed away. Correct. Okay. Now, Jeez. this is where it starts to get <laughs> actually, this is where it starts just, getting interesting. You need help. Yeah. Like you just can't do this yourself. It, it actually, this is the basics, I, I just, right? The, yeah. I have, I have, keep saying this is the basics. I get it. I just, the only thing, and I'm not saying this is wrong. I just, yeah. who I am in life up to this point is I've just realized one thing, most things that get this complicated, just bullshit but you know what when you sit down and look at it it's actually not that complicated but it's taken us like 15 it's just there's a lot of steps that's the thing it's not complicated it's not like um you know building a i don't know a power plant or something crazy intricate where there's so many different things and so many different professionals i mean there are quite a few professionals involved there's you know actuaries lawyers accountants for me it's always the best things in my life have always been very simple not not necessarily easy not easy but they've been simple they've been they've been very straightforward it can take a bunch of work whereas this one which and look I, we you know i have a policy and i'm thinking about getting them for the kids which i've been thinking about for a year or yeah, a year and a half you can actually like do that. there's actually some uh the cascade strategy for the kids i have a really good one yeah, yeah. smiling yeah. yeah i'm smiling again. <laughs> yeah there's there's a really good let's one let's not even go there right yeah. now we'll bring you, you back can to... actually skip three generations of tax with look, this one. okay listen fab in this office you're not allowed to get excited about insurance yeah okay? there's rules <laughs> yeah i don't know Whenever you missed the Realist, you're miserable, Realist. pissed off, yeah, yeah. and upset. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, well, uh, well, the good thing about this, about this one, is there's actually quite a bit of flexibility in this, in the sense that, you know, I don't think they're going to be borrowing that money because what's going to happen is somewhere around year 10, 15, somebody's parents are going to pass away. They're going to get oh. an inheritance. They're going to be able to over-contribute to a tune of about $125,000 a year into this particular policy, shelter some additional money. Then what we can do is instead of borrowing to invest, we can build up the CSV to a much higher level, let's say up to like almost like $2 million. This and then the we cash can surrender value. cash surrender value. And then we can turn on the loan to be almost like a, like a tax-free pension. Got it. That yeah. comes to them. And so they're going to live off and it. Right. Because they're going to have their RSPs, their RPP yeah. pensions from, that are taxable. They're still going to be in a high tax. And this bracket. is what you've seen with many people. Yeah. Well, for corporate clients, self-employed corporate clients, my, myself included, for myself, I do it. Um, I use uh, a, like a corporate IRP or an insured retirement plan or whatever the, the the acronym stands for. But you started whispering like that was a secret. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, <laughs> hey guys, you know what? Guys, I yeah, use yeah, an. Yeah. Uh, hey, corporate. do you want to buy? Yeah. Do you want to buy a policy? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? Now I'm starting <laughs> to think I want one. <laughs> yeah. But what you can do is you can use it as a hybrid between um, a retirement plan and an estate plan, where you can build up the CSV over time and you can over contribute it to build it up even faster then borrow against it like an annuity until you pass away clear out the loan and the remainder goes to the kids it's the death benefit right holy smokes okay so how do clients work with you fab do they just come to you because i'm just thinking of someone myself like i would come to someone like fab and say 
I'm clueless. Here's what I have going on in my life. What do you need? And let's begin. And then do you meet with them? Like you review their whole life and then you meet like once a year to do some planning or give them an overview? Like yeah. how do you work with people? It, it depends. I don't understand yeah, it what It depends you do. on the situation, right? You're going to come at me either from the accounting uh, you know, you you need accounting services, right? Um, or you need financial. So I, you know, I have services. a I have a small business. I have a bunch of property. I'm a bit of a mess with taxes. Yeah, Fab, and they come me to out. me. And generally, what I do is, I, you know, my first I, I always have a like. A, nobody comes into the freaking office anymore. I spent all that money on that office. Nobody. It's comes a beautiful in. office. Yeah, and nobody. It's beautiful. Comes. No, the pictures yeah. in there, the artwork. It's crazy. It's beautiful. You can thank John actually, Paul. You know he, what? He's the design. We actually have some white walls in here. There. We'll we'll buy those uh, pictures off you. Well, yeah, I mean. 20 cents on the dollar. Yeah. Dude. Listen, this is this is this is John Paul's baby. He's never going to want to he's never going to want to sell, sell it, right? It's just it's such a beauty. He did such it is an amazing. It is a he did an, he blew my mind. Yeah. I, like I don't know why he's why he isn't designing it's for amazing. a living. It's yeah. incredible. Um I kind of just, you know, I did nothing for it. He, he, he did it all. And I also, Andrea played a role too. Like so good at design, the two of them. Um, but regardless, nobody comes to the office. So what I generally do is I, I have a half hour Google meet with people and I, it's me and um, depending on their situation, one of my associates comes on, takes notes and you know, whatever. And I see, okay, I, I, I ask them a bunch of key questions. I see, what is it that they need. And I'm telling you nowadays, one in three people, I'm not taking on um, mainly because I'm like, Hey, I think you're better suited to my friend over here. Like maybe I think John Paul would be a better, a better match for them or this other person. Okay. So you know, your client profile pretty well yeah, at this point. Yeah. You can help I don't want to be can. big. I want to yeah. be small. I want to be boutique. Right. And it's like, I, I can't take on everything, um, but I'll take the meeting. I don't care. Then there's out of the two remaining, I would say I only take one of them. Because one of them, I'm like, I just don't want. Mm-hmm. I don't want it, right? Um, but I, I do a discovery meeting and I say, okay, where can I help these people? And it generally falls into either accounting and tax planning, um, general, uh, financial planning and retirement planning, or estate planning. And oftentimes it's all three. Got it. Right? That's the formula that I, uh, I've found works for me as a small boutique, small team, mm-hmm. boutique specialized sort yeah, of Yeah, good for you. Awesome. Right. Holy smokes. I have no idea how you got to this level of knowledge with stuff. This is because your father was in the business, right? Was he more in the accountant? You know, my dad was a, a, an accountant. He was a pure CPA. Okay. Uh, ran a, just a small practice. Um, and my mom was a lawyer. So she worked in real estate corporate law and then switched over to family law. Okay. So right? some of this just through osmosis of the family. Man, we, we would talk about this crap at dinner. Yeah, okay. all the Makes time. Sense. And I just because the way you're talking, I didn't about realize it. that I learned so much from them. Yeah, because at your age yeah. too, like I know you're saying yeah. you're 44, or whatever. It just doesn't. You don't sound like it. Like I don't meet people like you who have this level of knowledge of this stuff. I've been talking about this crap since I was 10. <laughs> at Dave and Buster's, he's yeah. like, I'm gonna give you some tokens for the arcades. Yeah. And by the way, <laughs> don't get a universal life. Get the whole life policy. Yeah. <laughs> don't go for the term life. Yeah. Get the whole life. So I've been like really. It's been since I since I remember since I was a little kid. Yeah, very cool. Right. That. What do you, so when you see people in general mm-hmm. who have this type of portfolio, is the biggest miss you feel they're making just not looking into whole life policies? No. What's no, the biggest no, no, miss no, people no. are doing? No, I would say one in one, I, I, I stop a lot of people from, from getting policies. Why? Why is that? They don't need it. 
because of they can't, uh, how many people have come to me and they're like, I have this portfolio of properties and they're gonna, and I look at the 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 deck. Yeah. Produced by another insurance agent okay. or another insurance advisor. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, the, there's nothing wrong in this deck. Oh, but, so they already have insurance. No, no. They're, they're about to buy it oh. and they want come to me for a second opinion. And I say, there's nothing wrong with this deck. But Mr. and Mrs. Such and Such, have you talked to your children? Oh, about inheriting sorry, the property. The premise of all of this, and they go that, back to the pro- the kids, and the kids are like, "I don't want any." Of this. So then the answer is just sell it. <laughs> just sell it. <laughs> yeah, sell it. Yeah, yeah. and we've seen that yeah. over the years here too. We've seen it where people are just like, "I have inherited some property, or I have access yeah. to property, and I just need you guys to offload these things." Yeah, yeah, it's a good point, really, because yeah. you like if you like it, you're like, "Yeah, this is great. I'm going to leave these properties mm-hmm. to my kids and stuff." But if the kids are like, I want nothing to do with I, these. I think it's highly then. dependent on the discussion. Like Fab picked up a lot of this through his family discussions. I can see Aiden and Sienna are really into this already at their ages of 15 and 19 because of the way our family communicates. Exactly. But if you're a family, like our father never talked about money at all. So if you're he in a- couldn't. Yeah, he would hold his heart. Yeah, no, well, yeah but the situation um, he went through, right? Yeah, it was, it was just intense. So if you come from a family where money's never discussed and this stuff comes up, you're probably just like, get me my cash, get me out of here. Yeah. Or if you're married and your spouse is like, don't touch that stuff it gets complicated yeah got it i I think it's what it is um it's strange it's people that come from nothing and get to what i call the mass affluent category um they talk to their kids about money a lot and uh and whatnot but when you get these people with old money a lot of old money yeah they always use um life insurance and they don't care what the kids want because it's all going to a trust anyways yeah so they're building they, out the trust no matter what they the have kids control want. after the grave anyways yeah so it doesn't matter what the kids because in the trust they can make the rules on how they want you got it to it. go you got it wow Fab, man, you always bring it when you come here. So thank you. I understand everyone listening to this might have been tough to follow. Yeah. Um, what's the best? And I know you're not taking clients. So I don't know. Do we just leave contact information out of this? Do you want to share your contact information? What do you want to do? I have do? no problem. If people want to send me an email, I'm always willing to to give somebody a half hour. Okay. Okay. I, Are you honest, sure? Honestly, if I, I or I just won't answer the freaking email. Yeah. Okay. Right? <laughs> it's one hey, or the other. Hey, everyone listening, meet Fab, our friend. Yeah. He may or may, I may, not, or may not respond not. to your email. Like if you if you call me now, it, it, it's like my my uh, I don't know how to turn the freaking voicemail off. Um. So it's like my, yeah, my thing is like, hey, you've reached Fab. Uh, just to let you know, I'm not going to check your voicemail. Whatever so. happened? I'll, remember, we used to always check voicemail. Yeah. yeah. And then we got voice transi- transcription services. And I don't like, want to read that. And now it's like if someone leaves me a voicemail and I miss. I don't even feel bad. But I'm what, like, that's your angry. fault for leaving me a voicemail. What, okay, so what, what's worse? Uh, this is What's worse? If someone leaves you a voicemail saying, hey, Tom, can you give me a call? I want to talk to you about this. Or if someone sends you a text message oh. saying, hey, give me a call. Call me. Call yeah. me when you're free. Because to me, that's the worst thing. Like, I'm like, no. Why did you make your problem my yeah. problem? Just yeah. call me? I'm like, yeah, no, you no. You call there's, me. There's, and if you can't get a hold of me, try to call me again. Yeah. And I'm not going to now schedule you in I my don't know what I'm, I'm not, what I'm calling you about. I don't know what you need yeah. or something. Yeah. like, no. Many times over the last little bit, I think just maybe our phone numbers have gotten out a little bit i'm just like am i gonna change my phone number like i haven't yeah, done I'm that i'm changing so mine are you <laughs> yeah uh, mine's easy because i don't answer anything um that if they're not in my contact i just i just yeah yeah, so. yeah so fab what's yeah the- you know what if you want to email me if you think that um you fit into one of your buckets if you think that i could help you um fabio at campanella group.com just send me an email direct. That's easy. Campanella Group, you can figure out how to spell it. Yeah, yeah that's the test. If you can <laughs> figure, test. If you so can figure Fab- out how to spell Fab- Campanella Group. Fabio at Fem- uh, I'm screwing <laughs> 
<laughs> Fabio at campanellagroup.com. Yeah. Try to figure out how okay. to spell it. Yeah, I'll Google search. If you search yeah, for Fabio campanellagroup.com, campanella yeah. you're going to figure yeah. it out. Okay. Hey, thank you for doing this. I really, really appreciate it. I no know we're, we're on your case a little bit, and I don't know if we're going to you know, get that done or not to get uh, Fabio locked up in uh, in doing some training sessions for rockstar members and stuff so i'm putting that in the podcast so that there's extra pressure on fabio <laughs> so now i got the pressure so thank you in advance for developing that you group. know i'll just i'll just take over yeah, this yeah here, well this pretty much is a course <laughs> this, right yeah, here that's all you I'll need i'll go over yeah, this yeah, so, i'll go over this um, thanks man you, again you don't have to you uh you don't have to do this you've come in and shared a ton of good information every time totally appreciate this fab so don't know really how to repay the favor well you know what honestly guys uh, when I started my when I started my business, I had nothing, and you guys were so generous. Anytime you want me on, you want me to do a course, whatever you want. Thank you. Oh, cool. Appreciate Thanks, that. Man. Like yeah, I appreciate really appreciate that. what you guys yeah. did for me at the beginning of my cool. of my bit when I started my business. Cool. Thank you. Awesome. And that was Thanks. totally a two way street right from the get go. So thank you. Awesome. Thanks, man. Talk soon. Ciao. Hey everyone, hopefully you enjoyed that chat with Fabio. You can get his contact information at campanellagroup.com. We will put the URL for that in the show notes of this particular episode. So Fabio Campanella can be reached at campanellagroup.com. And if you are listening to this and you want some data around real estate, we have an updated population explosion report on exactly what is going on with the population here in Canada and Ontario and the greater Toronto area. You can get the updated copy of that at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash reports that's rockstar inner circle i forgot our own website there for a second rockstar inner circle.com forward slash reports that's where you can find that that is enough with this episode until next time your life your terms